Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to The Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane, here to bring you more chills. I hope you had a very happy Halloween a couple of weeks ago. And now we're moving on to Thanksgiving holiday. I, myself, had a happy Halloween, as you know. If you listened to my last episode about Annabelle the doll, I got to meet the actual Annabelle. In fact, when I recorded that episode, I was in a room just a couple of floors above where they were keeping the Annabelle doll during the Paracon convention in Connecticut. So it was quite spooky to tell her story with her so nearby. But it was amazing to get to finally meet that haunted doll that I've heard so much about over the years. Beginning to the here and now, I want to invite you once again to visit myhaunteddolls.com and check out my shop, my store, where you can buy any of my my books autographed. There are links there to my YouTube channel where you can watch my videos and hear some of the evidence I've captured. In fact, there's a video where I visited Ed and Lorraine Warren's grave while I was in Connecticut a few weeks ago. So go ahead and check that out too. And be sure to share the website with your friends and family. We're getting close to the Christmas holiday now, just a month away, so it's a great time to go ahead and shop, shop, shop for the paranormal lover in your family. So be sure to check out MyHauntedDolls.com. So now we're going to get into a nice chilling story. This is a good ghostly story that just might be true. But I'll leave that up to you to decide that. This is called Security Camera. There were two teenage boys who had been best friends since they started school together. They both managed to get part-time jobs working the night shift at a local 24-hour convenience store. They started at midnight and finished at 7 in the morning. This is known as the graveyard shift. Because the boys were working overnight, it soon became boring. There were never very many customers and they mostly spent their time sitting behind the checkout counter, talking, watching movies, or playing computer games on their iPads. One night, they were sitting at the checkout counter as usual, eating sweets and chatting about nothing in particular. The monitor for the security cameras was behind the counter, But nothing ever happened, so they only checked it occasionally. 
The monitor screen was split into four, displaying footage from security cameras at the checkout counter, the food aisles, the magazine rack, and the parking lot outside. When one of the boys happened to glance at the monitor, he noticed that there was a woman standing in front of the magazine rack with her back to the camera. She had long, flowing black hair that reached down to her waist. That's weird, he said to himself. I didn't hear the door chime go off when she came in. He didn't think too much about it and went back to watching his movie. But something was strange. Half an hour passed, and when he glanced at the monitor again, the woman was still there. She did not show any signs of moving. He wondered if she was reading a magazine, but when he looked closely at the monitor, he saw that the woman's hands were empty. She was just standing there, staring at the magazine rack. Hey, he whispered to the other boy, do you think she's trying to steal something? His friend also had the same thought and nodded in agreement. The woman's behavior seemed somewhat strange, so the teenagers came out from behind the counter to investigate. One boy went down the left aisle, and the other went down the right. But when they peeked around the shelves, they were surprised to see nobody there. Where did she go? asked the first boy. She would have had to pass by one of us. Just then, they heard the sound of the toilet flushing. What? said the second boy. How did she get to the bathroom? The boys went back to the checkout, but when they looked at the monitor, a chill went down their spines. The woman was standing at the magazine rack in exactly the same position as before. That was fast, said the first boy, puzzled. Too fast, said his friend. Thinking there must be something wrong with the security camera, the boys went back to the magazine rack. Just as before, they found nobody there. Cold sweat was running down their backs. They both looked at each other wide-eyed and frightened. Then, without a word, the boys returned to the counter. This time, when they bent down and peered into the monitor, the security camera showed that there was nobody at the magazine rack. She's gone, said the first boy. 
He breathed a sigh of relief and turned to face his friend. Wait! Don't move! hissed the second boy urgently. Both of them froze, staring into the monitor. What is it? whispered the first boy. The second boy's voice was shaking. Don't look behind you, he hissed. The first boy was mystified. Reflected on the screen of the monitor, he could see his own face and his friend's face. Suddenly, he noticed it. Right between their faces was the reflection of a third face, a deathly pale face, a woman's face. The boys were too scared to scream. They just stood there, staring at the monitor and trembling. A few minutes passed by, and the ghostly face faded away. I I, I think she's gone, said the second boy, breathing a sigh of relief. Nervously, he looked over his shoulder and found no one there. The first boy wiped the sweat from his brow. His heart was beating fast. I don't think so, he said. Both boys stared at the monitor again. The woman was standing there at the magazine rack. Slowly, She turned around to face the camera and grinned. Her mouth split open from ear to ear. She held up a bloody knife and ran it across her throat in a threatening gesture. The two boys did not pause for a second. They immediately ran as fast as they could. Crashing through the front door, they spilled out into the street and did not look back. They only stopped running when they arrived home. The next day, the two boys called the convenience store and quit their part-time jobs. Today, it's no longer a 24-hour convenience store. Oh no, now it closes at midnight every night and does not reopen until seven in the morning. Oh, if that didn't make your skin crawl, then your skin must be on too tight. 
<laughs> that was a very creepy story. Did it really happen? Well, I can't really say. I'll just leave that up to you to decide. But just in case you don't have enough chills, I want to bring you another story. This one's just a little bit freakier than the last. This one actually, though it's kind of modern, dates back to an old Scottish folklore story about something called the Bean Nye. If you've never heard of the Bean Nye, you're about to. This story is called Bloody Laundry. There were three girls named Taylor, Susan, and Jamie. One cold winter evening, they were walking home from school together when they decided to take a shortcut through the woods. It was raining, and the girls huddled together under an umbrella. The path they took followed a crooked stream that ran through the woods. The light was quickly fading, and a fine mist settled over everything. The woods were eerily silent, and in the gloom, the branches of the trees looked like gnarled claws reaching out to grab them. All of a sudden, the girls spotted something that made them stop in their tracks. Up ahead, they saw a figure crouched at the edge of the stream. When they got closer, they realized it was a woman. She was bending over and washing her clothes in the water. The woman was very creepy looking. She wore a ragged gray shawl and her long black hair hung down over her face. The clothes she was washing were stained with blood, and the water in the stream was running red. The girls gasped in horror at the shocking sight, and they ran off, stumbling over roots and branches and tree stumps, until they finally reached Jamie's house. The terrified girls told Jamie's mother what they had seen. That sounds like the Bean Nye, Jamie's mother said. My grandparents told me about her when I was just a child. They say she washes the funeral shrouds of those who are about to die. It's an omen of death. What? cried Jamie. If you see her, does it mean you're going to die? I don't know. Her mother replied, All I know is that it's bad luck to set eyes on her. The three girls flew into a panic, and Jamie's mother tried to calm them down. The Bean Nye is just an old ghost story, she said. She's not real. It's nothing but an old superstition. Years ago, 
people used to believe in it, but not nowadays. I'm sure what you saw was just some poor old woman who can't afford a washing machine, probably just using the stream to wash her clothes. Despite what Jamie's mother said, the girls were still nervous. Taylor decided to go home, and Susan decided to spend the night at Jamie's house to keep her company. That night, the wind rose up, and a heavy snow began to fall. All night long, the house was rocked by the breeze, and Susan and Jamie barely got a wink of sleep. When they woke up the next morning and looked out the window, everything was covered in a blanket of snow. School was canceled, but Jamie's parents still had to go to work. The two girls were left at home on their own. Shortly after breakfast, they tried to give Taylor a call and invite her over. But when they called her mobile, there was no answer. Susan and Jamie were worried, so they went over to Taylor's house and knocked on the door. Taylor's mother answered the door. Her eyes were red and her face was streaked with tears. Taylor didn't come home last night, she sobbed. The police searched the woods this morning and they found her, or what was left of her. She had been chopped up into pieces and her body parts were floating in the stream. Taylor's mother was so upset to say anything more and she slammed the door. Susan and Jamie were scared out of their wits. It seemed as if the legend about the Bean Nye was coming true. They raced back to Jamie's house and were afraid to go outside for the rest of the day. They sat together in Jamie's bedroom, talking about Taylor and trying to convince themselves that it was just a coincidence. All of a sudden, the power went out, and the girls were plunged into darkness. Susan and Jamie clung to each other, shaking with fear. They waited and waited, but nothing happened. Eventually, they both let out a sigh of relief. I was sure that that was the Bean Nye coming to kill us. Jamie laughed. Me too, Susan chuckled. The girls were hungry, so they decided to go downstairs to the kitchen and fix themselves a snack. Jamie lit some candles and placed them on the table to give them some light. It was pitch black outside, and her parents would not be home for hours. The girls raided the cupboards and made themselves some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. As they were eating, Susan suddenly began to make a gagging sound. Her eyes grew wide and her hands clawed at her throat. 
she was choking. Jamie flew into a panic as she tried to help her friend. Susan was coughing and spluttering, and her face was turning bright red. She fell to the ground and stopped breathing. Jamie didn't know what to do. She screamed and pounded on Susan's chest, but it was no good. The girl was dead. Jamie sat there on the floor, covering her face with her hands and crying uncontrollably. She looked down at her friend. Susan's face was purple and twisted in a grotesque grimace. Her lips were blue and her tongue was thrust out. It was a disgusting sight. Jamie couldn't bear to look at her any longer, so she got a blanket and draped it over her friend's corpse. She ran to the phone and tried to call her parents, but there was no dial tone. The lines must be down, she thought. She took out her mobile, but there was no reception. In desperation, Jamie ran out of the house and went to try and get help. It was freezing cold outside, and the night was black as pitch. She trudged through the snow, shivering and shaking, but she got disoriented and didn't know where she was going. Her teeth were chattering, and she felt like she was going to freeze to death. Eventually, she was forced to turn back. She managed to make it back to her house, and when she got back inside safe and sound, she breathed a sigh of relief. She set about warming herself up, rubbing her arms and legs to get the circulation going again. Jamie was afraid she would get sick, so she went searching for some medicine. She stumbled down the dark hallway and made her way to the bathroom. Rummaging through the shelves in the dim light, she found a bottle, opened it, and gulped down the contents. All of a sudden, she began coughing and sputtering. A horrible pain shot through her whole body. She felt like her throat was burning. Her stomach felt like it was being torn apart from the inside. The room began to spin, and she fell to the ground, writhing around in excruciating pain. Just then, the lights came back on. Jamie looked down at the bottle. She was holding in her hand. Through her blurred vision, she could just make out the label. To her horror, she realized that what she drank was not cough syrup at all. It was bleach.
My, but that was kind of a gruesome story, wasn't it? So if you're ever out walking at night and you're anywhere near a stream or a river or any body of water and you see a woman crouch down, don't stop to look. Just start running and get away. (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoyed this new episode of Stories. I'm sure I'll be back at least by the Thanksgiving holiday to bring you more chills of terror. Until then, please don't drink the bleach, (laughs) but do go to myhaunteddolls.com to check that out. And of course, as always, have a happy haunting.